If you have primary school-aged kids or grandkids, make sure Vision Kids is part of their daily routine. Vision Kids! Vision Kids is a 24-7 online radio stream featuring the ever-popular Adventures in Odyssey. Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. Plus other world-class radio dramas, kids' music and friendly voices. G'day, Vision Kids. Vision Kids is streaming now in the Vision app and online at visionkids.org.au. You can also tell your smart speakers to play Vision Kids Radio. If you don't already have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, you can download it for free when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Vision Kids. Another way we're helping the whole family look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. You might recall I recently had a short conversation with Helen Devonish from Hobart who's written a book called Let's Go! Fearless Evangelism. And what we realized was that most street evangelists appear to be men. Well, I might be wrong, and you can help to paint a picture and set things right today of what sort of people make the most passionate witnesses for Christ, sharing their faith and helping people understand the good news message of salvation that is the Christian gospel. So are there fewer women prepared to share their faith on the streets, in cafes or in school communities? Well, we might assume that there could be safety and security issues for women engaged in street evangelism. Is that a worry for some women? Are women assuming that evangelism is the realm of men? Because, hey, when we read the Bible, the apostles were men. Well, there's no doubt with rising secularism, sharing your faith for some people is becoming less comfortable. And some of us suffer from what our guest this coming hour calls evangelism anxiety. So let's talk about women sharing their faith with others fearlessly Helen Devonish is a pastor. She's an evangelist. She is, catch this, a mother of nine, and she is the author of a book called Let's Go Fearless Evangelism. Helen Devonish, welcome back to 2020. Thanks for having me. Well, Helen, let's start by just telling your story and painting a picture for us about what you are in day-to-day life, because a mother of nine doesn't sound like the sort of person (laughs) who has a lot of time on her hands. Uh, Tell us about your life. Okay, so firstly, three of our children are married, so only six live at home, so that's a lot easier than nine. Uh, The youngest is 10, the eldest of the children is 31. and uh, all our children are walking with the Lord. So that really does free me up to be able to share the gospel and to go out doing street ministry. Having said that, I only go out by myself on a Tuesday. I do it all day. On a Friday afternoon, I do street ministry before youth night. And then uh, younger children often taking turns coming out with me as well. So that's kind of how that works. Uh, we homeschool our children, but only three are school age now. They do a lot of self-learning and we do a lot of um, life learning together as well. And at home, there's a lot of teamwork. So everyone has their jobs to do because I do get tired doing what I do, you know, doing street ministry, pastoring, 
you know, having a big family, it is a big load. But everyone helps around the home with a good attitude. So really it's a family ministry, teamwork. And then our team at Love Hobart, Church on the Rock, they all help in different ways with the youth night and church and other ministry activities that we do. So that's a little bit of background. Uh, Well, I'm impressed to know uh, that three of your children are married, but you've still got six at home. And for anyone who's looking for an excuse not to be a street evangelist, it would be someone who has six children still at home. And when you say uh, on top of that, compounding the whole issue, uh, it's a homeschooling situation at your place. So, wow, uh, you are the champion mum. And uh, and I know that uh, this is the interesting thing that I've picked up as you're describing your life and the way you do this. Because you have this passion for evangelism, you've decided to block in some time each week. Uh, so you're not out there every night of the week, but you've blocked in time yeah. and you've set that time aside and said, this is where my gifting lies. I'm on the lookout for opportunities to share my faith in that time. Yes, that's right. But I don't just do it in those times. So that's a specific time. So Tuesday, I'm in town for about six hours. Sometimes I do get people that I've previously met through the street ministry contacting me because they want to catch up. It could be because they just want to talk. It could be they're hungry. They want to get out the cold. But I, they know that if I buy them food, I'm always going to turn the conversation into the things of God. That's kind of like the condition. I'll buy you food. We have God talk. And God talk can be anything from sharing the gospel. And when it's kids, I've met a lot of times. I am also um, share Bible stories with them because most of these kids have never heard any Bible stories. So they're like hearing Jonah and the big fish for the first time. And it's just amazing being able to share these Bible stories with these kids that have never heard them also talk about things like forgiveness. You know, some of them have been quite hurt in different situations. So talk about the power of forgiveness. So it's all different kind of things. But that's my one day that I'm out all day. And then Friday afternoon, I'm out for a few hours. But whenever I go out, I'm on the lookout. And that's something I'd really like to instill into others, that even as you're just going about your day, to be available for God for the one in front of you. So, for example, if you're you know, doing some shopping and you sit down in the mall to have a break and someone comes and sits next to you, to automatically start thinking, God's put that person there for me to share the gospel with. Because I think we haven't been trained to think like that, and that's about renewing our minds, that we start thinking about the lost and that we are willing to open our mouths, even if we're not 100% sure of what we can say and am I going to say it right, God will help you if you open your mouth and try and share the gospel. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. So I think it's just being available. When you go to the gym, you know, go to the park. I like going for walks along the beach. Uh, One day I was going for a walk along the beach, my prayer walk, sat down on a seat overlooking the bay, where we live and an older gentleman came running along puffed out and he said oh would you mind if I sit down on the bench next to you and I'm thinking go for it thank you Lord for bringing someone along for me to share the gospel with because that's my automatic response he was in his late 70s he was from um, the east coast of Tasmania just down for a few days coming for a run so it was a God appointment so I just talked to him and then I 
told him I was a pastor and I shared the gospel with him. Now, he was, first of all, like, I don't really want to know about this. I'm not, you know, I'm in my late 70s. I've got my own stuff. But he let me share. And do you know what? By the end of the conversation, 45 minutes, he let me pray for him. And he he was crying at the end of the prayer. And I believe because the Holy Spirit was touching him. So that was a God appointment. That was being willing and available to share. And I think that's just in everyday life. That kind of thing, I think, is there all the time. And often we miss it, like if you're in the queue at Woolies or Coles, wherever you go shopping, you know, think, don't get annoyed. Oh, I'm in a queue. I'm wasting time. Ask the Lord, should I share the gospel with the person in front of me or the person behind? What you're, so, what you're sharing here, Helen, is, uh, is just a wonderful observation and good advice for uh, not just women, but men. And uh, everybody uh, right. here needs to be on the lookout uh, for someone to share the gospel with. Uh, the trouble is, it would appear to be, and, uh, you know, open to uh, listener uh, insights today uh, to call us on our uh, on our talkback line, but it appears to be that most people not really on the lookout. And that's something I imagine that you've come to a point where there might have been a time in your life where you were not really on the lookout, but somehow or other something changed, you might even be able to reflect on that. When was it that this passion gripped you and you just knew you had to be a a person who shared your faith? Okay, so about nine years ago, my sister in WA uh, recommended a DVD series her church had been watching called Way of the Master by Ray Comfort. So we got that and watched it as a family. All nine of our kids were home at the time and that actually motivated a lot of us to start sharing our faith. So for me, it started just in the shopping centre and that was mostly with shopkeepers there because they were there all the time. So I kind of built the relationship and had an open door of being able to share the gospel. One time there was one of the shopkeepers had a sore ankle and asked if I could pray for healing. There was no one else in the shop. So I knelt down behind the counter and laid my hands on her ankle and prayed for healing and finished before anyone came back in. That was all with her permission. Uh, So that's where it started. And look, when I started sharing the gospel more regularly, I did not feel that I was an evangelist as such. It really was obedience before I believed that what we would call anointing of evangelism, I believe, has been given to me from God. So now I'm sharing the gospel with lots of people. So I encourage people, women as well, in this day and age, it is actually really good for women to share the gospel because we can go and talk to really anyone, whereas for a, say, middle-aged Christian man to go and talk to, say, two 15-year-old girls could be a bit tricky because of all the things out there from uh, bad experiences people have heard about from Catholic Church with men. Whereas as a female, we can talk to a lot more people freely, and I think we're less intimidating in a lot of ways. Like, I'm only five foot two. I'm not a very big person. So I go up and talk to guys who are six foot plus with all their tattoos and holes in their ears and You know, and I just go up and say, hi, I'm Helen, I'm a pastor. And they're kind of looking at me like, you're talking to us. (laughs) But, you know, even the toughest looking guys are not really. When you're gentle and polite to them, you know, you can still have a really good conversation. So I think for females to be able to go and talk to all different ages is a really good thing. I think that there's an appropriateness sometimes in how we 
share the gospel. So like I say, if it, it to, say two middle-aged Christian men going up and talking to a 15-year-old girl, that's, I'd say that's inappropriate. We've got to be wise, especially in this day and age. Uh, we have to really ask the Holy Spirit to lead us as to who to talk to. Plenty of guys out there to, for guys to talk to as well, but my experience i think you are onto something very very important but let's come back to the reason why we're having this conversation today is the apparent idea that there is a rarity uh, when it comes to women as evangelists and people who will share the gospel uh, like you're doing do you know any other women who are just like you helen well, look, I don't know if anyone's just like me because we're all unique and all different, but I do know there's other women who are um, sharing their faith. And on Saturday, I actually ran a training seminar in Sorrell, which is like 20 minutes out of Hobart, for a church group there. And I had a phone call last night from one of the women there to say her and her friend had gone out yesterday. And yesterday in Hobart, it was freezing, like it was 10 degrees maximum. <laughs> rain and wind they went down to the beach and there was one lady there and so they intentionally went up talked to her she was an atheist but by the end of them sharing the gospel she let them pray for healing for her as well so that is very encouraging for me that from my running a seminar on how to share your faith in everyday life that people have caught the vision these two women have gone out and done it within a few days which is great Now, it's not that long ago, Helen, I was talking to you right on the release of your book called Let's Go, Fearless Evangelism. How have things gone since the launch? Uh, Have you had some interest in your book? What sort of reactions are you getting from people who've had a good read? Okay, so I think those who I believe are called evangelists are usually reading it in one hit because I think obviously... It's stirring up that gift that's within them, which is great. So I have had really good feedback from a vast array of people. I don't know how many people have the book. Obviously, I've sold and given away my book to different people, but I have had good reports. I've, you know, as a pastor in WA, kind of thinking about whether to get me over to talk. So, you know, you just don't know where it's going to go. I really want to um, encourage people to share the gospel. And I think uh, Ben Armacost, who wrote the foreword in my book, who's an evangelist who now lives in England, he says evangelism's caught more than it's taught. And I think that's the thing, is I can help encourage and stir up the passion in other people for the lost, to see the lost how the Father sees them, that they're heading to hell. You know, and Jesus came not to condemn, but to save And if we can really get that passion for the lost and look at people in light of eternity, I think that will help us to be able to open our mouths and share the gospel. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. We're talking about women as evangelists today. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316. Helen Devonish is our guest. She is a pastor. She's an evangelist, a mother of nine and author of a book called Let's Go Fearless Evangelism. Call us on 1-800-316-316 to give your thoughts on men as evangelists or women as evangelists. And is there, in fact, a rarity of women or is it that we don't 
don't necessarily recognise women as evangelists. 1-800-316-316. You have lots of opportunities, Helen, not because they're all just coming to you, but because you're, as we were saying, on the lookout. But I know that you don't necessarily uh, prefer what you'd call a fast faith model. Uh, you're actually into the idea of of discipleship and uh, getting people on a track. Uh, and you've got stories that you can tell uh, that are just so current. Uh, what's the latest one you've got? Okay, so on Monday evening, I got a text from one of the young guys that I've met through the street work, known him for a couple of years. He's 19. And he just sent me a message, could we catch up face-to-face tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, what time? I had no idea what he wanted to catch up with me about, but, um, well, I'm just going to meet him. So I met him yesterday. He came in, and he was very happy to tell me that he was getting his life right with God. He's had a Catholic upbringing, but not really been walking with God. And he, over the last few days, had just been drawing near to the Lord and getting right with him. We talked about repentance. He's done that. And obviously the Lordship of Christ living for Jesus in first place. We had a lovely conversation as we were talking. As I said yesterday, it's freezing cold in Hobart. Two kids come into the cafe we're in. One was 13 and one was 15. And I had met both of these kids over the last few weeks. They sat at a table not far from us, and then not long after, they saw me, and they both waved and said, hi. Anyway, about five minutes later, they came over. They said, oh, we thought we'd just come and say hello to you. I said, oh, that's nice. I said, look, I'm just talking with this 19-year-old. How about I buy you some wedges? I'll go and order them, and when I've finished here, I'll come and have a chat with you. So they thought that was pretty good because they didn't have any money to buy food. So they went back, sat down. So then the 19-year-old that I was with... I said to him, look, I'll get out my Vanji cube, which is a tool that I use a lot, especially with the young ones, because it's got pictures on it, and it goes through and explains about Christianity and the message of the gospel. So I did a quick refresher for this 19-year-old, and I said, I'm going to get you to do it. So we both went over then to these two young guys, and they're both not really in a good space. One's been expelled from a school, the 13-year-old can't get into a school anywhere at the moment, and the 15-year-old's not going to school. So we sat down with them, wedges came, they're eating, and we had a chat, and the 19-year-old got the Evangel Cube and went through and shared the gospel, you know, repenting of sins, you know, sin stops us going to heaven, that we need help, and God sent the help in Jesus. And so really that was discipleship straight from him saying right i'm walking with god (laughs) for a couple of days into him sharing the faith and his our faith in jesus and i believe that with what i'm doing that the especially the young people i meet as it's mostly young people i talk to although not exclusively uh that they know that when they walk with jesus part of that is sharing your faith and some of them who aren't even christians yet are using the Evangel Cube and talking to others about Jesus. So I think that's a really good thing that is happening, that there's this pattern of discipleship being set, even though a lot of these young ones aren't Christians yet, but they know that part of walking with Jesus is you talk about Jesus to other people. 
I think that's good. I think there must be an advantage, actually, in being a woman as an evangelist, because when you talk about uh, pulling out the evangelic cube, and I'll get you to explain a little more about that, but yep. uh, but women typically carry a handbag. And uh, if I ask you, uh, maybe personal, uh, what other things have you got in your handbag? Because you've probably got a copy of your book. You've got this evangelic cube. What sort of other things do you have in your okay. handbag? Sure. So I have my backpack which is my secret ammunition. I so say it's not a handbag, it's a backpack. No, I have a, ba- <laughs> I have a little handbag for my, my purse and the stuff I have to keep close, my keys. So then I have my backpack, which has all this um, ammunition in it. <laughs> which is, <laughs> the Avanji Cube. I carry Bibles and they're pocket Bibles. I get the best ones you can get because I believe the Word of God is the most important book anyone can ever read, so I don't give out second-hand Bibles, I give out the best Bibles. Some of these kids are like, oh, it's got silver on the edges of the pages, and they're really taken by it, and I say, this is the most important book you can ever read, that's why I'm willing to give it to you, and I'm showing them that they're valuable and precious, because I'm willing to invest into them and in giving them a Bible, and then I have uh, little booklets, I use the Why Jesus booklets from Alpha, uh, because I do it a lot. They are normally $3 each at Kurong. If you buy in bulk, you can often get them cheaper. And so I give out quite a lot of those every week as well. And they have little stick pictures, so that's good. It's a kind of thorough explanation of the gospel, which it then adds to what I've said. I also have a few other little tracks from uh, Creation Ministries, and I also have a magazine that they put out now, which is called uh, Six Days, Not Billions of Years, and that has lots of current articles in it, um, and including things like dinosaurs, the age of the earth, ghosts, which is done in a really interesting format. So I give out a few of those a week, and then, yes, I do carry my book as well. So I'm getting my workout (laughs) doing street ministry, so I don't go to the gym because I walk all around town, I'm carrying my backpack, so I'm kind of getting a good workout. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking uh, people will be listening thinking, wow, she's got a bookcase in that backpack <laughs> because uh, there's so much good stuff. And look, you mentioned a whole lot of different things which are tools for you to use as you're sharing your faith on the streets in Hobart. Yeah. And uh, what I'm impressed by, though, is the idea that you're not doing it because there's a, there's a sort of a an idea, isn't there, in some Christian groups where you do everything on the cheap, and uh, and you're actually buying the wedges for teenagers. Uh, you've got a Bible that's not the cheapest Bible uh, to to buy, but one that actually someone can take and they can treasure it. Uh, so there's not a sort of a cheapo mentality here, and and that's an important thing, as you were saying, for helping people feel important. Uh, Yes, I believe so. And I think as Christians, we need to understand that God is a God of abundance. Our ministry is very little. So as in numbers of people, our church is like 20 people. Uh, We're not uh, millionaires. There's only, I think, three people in our church that work full time. We don't apply for grants. We don't ask for money. And when we ran our outreach cafe for a couple of years, we didn't charge for food. Because the reason for that is I want people to see God is faithful. So even though we're giving out expensive Bibles and lots of the Why Jesus books, 
that God is able to provide. We don't ever let on if we're in need of money. We just bring it before God. As a team, we can pray and ask God to provide. And it's amazing. Like, we've never run out of money. Helen, uh, let's, uh, about three minutes out from news, but let's take a call from Alex in Melbourne, who has a contribution to our conversation. Hello, Alex. Welcome along. Oh, hello there. Uh, Yes, uh, very pleased to hear uh, uh, the testimony and and the life experience. I've forgotten her name already. Helen's our guest today. Yeah, that's right. And... uh, and her example is very good. But I'm just wondering where, where not only Helen, but other people as well are here, uh, that uh, the women um, call themselves pastors. I don't see that authority in the Word of God, especially in First uh, Timothy chapter uh, 3 there, uh, the, the message to Timothy and to us as a church, how the church should be. And, and this is something that's always been bothering me, and I'm just, you know, everything else... You know, it, it just bothers me, that, that part of it all. Uh, Alex, an important uh, contribution, and uh, no doubt there's a biblical and theological response uh, to that as well. Uh, in some churches, they don't necessarily recognise women in leadership roles, but the majority of evangelical and Pentecostal churches certainly do. Uh, but do you have a response for Alex Helen? Okay, so with... Uh, the fivefold ministry, which is mentioned in Ephesians, I do not believe there's reference to it just being uh, males, and that list includes evangelists as well as pastors. And I think I'm obviously doing the work of an evangelist, and I'm also doing the work of a pastor because a lot of what I do on the streets is pastoral work. And I think that doesn't mean I'm an elder in a church or anything like that. I'm walking in the gifting that I believe the Holy Spirit has given me and the Holy Spirit is free to give gifts to whomever he chooses, even if it goes against what maybe our upbringing was. My upbringing was that, that women should not be preaching. I'm preaching the gospel out on the streets all the time. You know, so that's uh, my little words on that. Uh, Helen, just before we go any further... Let's come back to uh, what our caller was talking about just before the news. And uh, in the in the news, I've uh, I've just done a little bit of quick research uh, for women who were in the New Testament uh, significantly involved in the ministry of the gospel. And uh, you'll be encouraged as well uh, when we talk about Judea and Syntyche in Philippi. They were co-workers of Paul. Paul wrote that these women had contended at my side for the cause of the gospel. That's uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Uh, you'll, of course, be encouraged by Philip, who had four daughters who prophesied. Yes. And, uh, of course, uh, as prophetesses, obviously they were involved in the ministry of the gospel. And we did mention Junia, uh, Junia and Andronicus, who had been uh, and uh, I think there might be some speculation, but they had been husband and wife, members of the church in Rome, and then some suggestion they were actually founders of the church in Rome. So there certainly is a, a great uh, biblical precedent for women who are in ministry. Now, I know that there are going to be some denominations that might have concerns about that, and yes, you can find some proof texts uh, to talk about women being silent in church, but here we are talking about women being faithful, sharing their faith on the streets. And this is something that you just do so naturally. 
that it is just a, a, a thing that is uh, contagious almost. And Helen, I honour you for that contagiousness. And as you say, if you are excited about the gospel, others will be excited about it too. Yes, I believe that. So I encourage people all the time to share their faith. And obviously that started in my own home with my children and even at the seminar I ran on Saturday, my 10-year-old uh, shared how to share the gospel in one minute. She did the one-minute version because a lot of times we might be with someone, we only actually have one minute. So it's good to be able to articulate the gospel in a short space of time, which comes with practice as well. We did some role play on Saturday too. So we, everyone went into twos and they had about three minutes each to share the gospel with their partner and then swapped. And I asked them afterwards, how did they find it? And they found, most of them said they were waffling. So it really is a skill to learn as well. And like I say, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And as you keep sharing the gospel, do you know what happens? It encourages yourself. So on a Tuesday, I get greatly encouraged because I'm out all day sharing the gospel and the gospel is as we know good news and there's a lot of bad news around at the moment so I'm sharing the good news all day so it's so encouraging to keep speaking out the good news because then it encourages yourself as well. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316 let's hear from Noel in Queensland. Hello Noel welcome along. Yeah good morning. What are your thoughts Noel? Well you know listening to this uh, woman evangelist. Oh, I'm one for hearing from evangelists all over. You know, whether it be women or men, I am. I just say, you know, bless you. You know, because um, it's hard for people to get out and go out onto the street and talk to someone. And you know, um, I find it very easy. But then you've got to be able to pick the people that you talk to about. The Lord, about the Lord and about God's word, you know, and yeah, I just say hands up and and you know, good on you, God bless, and it's good stuff, Noel. Honour to you, Helen Devonish, because uh, as Noel is saying, hey, you are doing an absolutely amazing job. And just to pick up on something though that Noel is saying, uh, picking and choosing uh, the target. If you're talking about people as targets, the sorts of people that come into your uh, realm of uh, of influence, uh, how do you choose? Because uh, there is a sense, isn't there, in which you can hear from God. What do you do when That's you're right. choosing who you're going to share the gospel with? Okay, so firstly on Monday night, our ministry meets for prayer meeting in the local park near where I do the street ministry. Sometimes I do it in the park as well. So I've got that prayer covering first, and we pray that I will know where to go, that God will direct my footsteps, that I'll be led by the Spirit all through the day. So when I'm out, especially, say, on a Tuesday, and I'm maybe in, say, the mall and there's a lot of people, I'm just asking, Lord, please show me who to talk to. And as with sharing the gospel, it gets easier. I believe it also gets easier to hear the Holy Spirit and to know who to talk to. And it's almost like sometimes like it feels like someone's lit up, like I just get this strong sensing them go talk to them and I just go over and talk to those and look I very rarely get people saying no that they don't want to hear I obviously try and take an extremely gentle approach I'm not 
pushy. I think we have to be very sensitive to people, show respect, do unto others as we'd want them to do to us. And if, as me as a stranger, going up and talking to people, whether that's kids, whether it's older people, whoever, that I need to just be reflecting Jesus, not only in um, my approach, but you know, in the things that I say, my manner needs to be gentle and compassionate. Thank you so much to Noel from Queensland. Let me just pick up on something that I think is so important here, and I know you'll have a reflection to make about this, because when you hear that still small voice in your own heart saying, I would like you to share the gospel with this particular person, you are actually setting up what may be a tremendous divine encounter that happens and I'm sure that you'll be able to reflect that oftentimes when you've felt a compulsion to share with someone uh, you were actually meeting a need that they were hoping to have uh, those things said or those things revealed to them I mean this makes a divine encounter doesn't it how do you think about those things Helen yeah look I I think God knows the needs of every person so whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, he knows them. So I could give maybe a little example of a few weeks ago, I just walked back into the mall and there was a girl sat on a bench with her back to me. And as I walked past her, I could sense grief and heaviness, which I sensed was coming from her. So I kind of backtracked around and said hello to her. She was 15. She had um, had issues with her mum. And so she was homeless at the time. It's very heavy, very down. So I just sat with her, shared the good news of Jesus with her, that Jesus died for her, for her sins, for her needs. And she was very open, very sweet girl, although you could see in her facial expression she was very heavy. It was also a very cold day and the clothes she had on were not warm. Now, I don't do this all the time, in this instance, again, I felt led by the Spirit. I said to her, look, there's a sale on in that shop there. I would like to go and buy you some jeans and a jumper because obviously Hobart is cold and that was still the middle of winter. So I did that for her. And since then, I've had quite a bit of contact with her and she's now back at home with her mum, which is great. And I actually even had lunch with her yesterday. I saw her in town and we had lunch again and she's now really asked me all kinds of questions you know you know when the kids are feeling comfortable with you when they start asking you what's the biggest sin you've ever done and things like that so you have to be always willing to be honest answer questions on anything and you know be careful in how you present yourself I think one thing that I see a lot with Christians is a lot of Christians are swearing and these non-Christians, like these kids, I don't talk, I don't tell them they shouldn't swear, but it's like their conscience knows that swearing is wrong. So when I'm around, they all try not to swear, or they'll tell their friends, this is a Christian person, must, don't swear around her. And some of them find that very hard because every second word is a swear word. But I think we need to be very careful that we are seeking to be holy as Christ is holy, that even every word that comes out of our mouth is uplifting, is glorifying. It's not swear words, curse words. We should be reflecting Jesus even in those things as well. 
We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about women as street evangelists. Let's hear from Solomon in Sydney. Hello, Solomon. Welcome along. Yeah, g'day, Neil. G'day, uh, Helen. How are you? Very well. What are your thoughts, Solomon? Uh, well, it's a, it's a big uh, tick for uh, Pastor Helen down there in Hobart. Um, I've got uh, some... Uh, um, uh, experiences with uh, working as a, a street evangelist, uh, particularly in trying to minister to younger ladies or younger girls or women. So uh, I think it's not only wisdom, it's great wisdom for these last days that a, a, a assistant Christ, a pastor as well, um, is leading the charge and written out a book. Uh, I, I really want to encourage church leaders. Uh, I'm one of them in this neck of the woods, to to try and get Helen and like-minded spirits like uh, Pastor Ellen to speak in their churches, to bring seminars or conferences. The majority of the population in the world are women. And indeed, great wisdom says that men are to speak to men and women speak to women. It's, it's God's mandate for those last days to raise up more women evangelists. So that's my two bobs with, and congratulations, and God bless you. Well, thank you very much to you, Pastor Solomon, and uh, your response for Solomon, Helen. Well, thank you for your encouragement, and I think the more that Christians can be trained in evangelism, the better, and that's, I believe, really the next step for me, and that's why believe I wrote the book as well to encourage people but also it's good to do face-to-face training um, with different ones as well and I know this Saturday I'm doing it with the Bishop's Training Day here in Hobart I've been asked to go that's the Anglican so that's I'm running two workshops there which is again kind of hands-on practical equipping people to get out and share their faith and to not be afraid because actually there's not really a lot of stuff be afraid of if you walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special guest this hour is Helen Devonish, a five foot two pastor, evangelist, mother of nine and author of Let's Go Fearless Evangelism. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about women as street evangelists. Let's take a call. Bruce is on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Hello, Bruce. Hello. Hello, Bruce. What are your thoughts? Yeah, mate, I... um I used to uh, preach in the Queen Street Mall in Brisbane and uh, seen many people healed and many people saved and, and didn't worry me whether there was a uh, somebody who lived in the gutter or someone who was a major, uh, you know, like he's a head of a corporation. It doesn't worry me at all, or a Satanist for that matter. You know, they're, they're, all, they're all not going to heaven unless they know him. And uh, quite frankly... You know, like Scripture says, in Isaiah 60, verse 3, it says that the Gentiles will come under my light. Now, that's the light of Jesus in us. And on the women fact um, in ministry, the, the, the evangelical church has dumped on women in ministry, saying they'll be silent in the church, like Corinthians, I think it was. Um, all of that sort of stuff, it's not 
correct because Jesus spoke to the woman at the well and he said, go and broadcast that love. You know, um, nobody told Jesus that you're supposed to keep the women silent. He actually commanded her to go and share. Yep. And there's many other instances. Um, we've got Ruth in the Old Testament. We've got, you know, many, many, many women who are women of God. Bruce, good insights in all of that, and I'll encourage listeners to do a study uh, about women who are in ministry in the New Testament, uh, because you might be surprised just how significant it is. Yes, you will find some of those verses, and uh, they do have to be taken in a cultural and literary context, and uh, way the way that you uh, will deal with those is by reflecting, some people will call it theological reflection, on what is the message about women when you take all of the New Testament, uh, indeed all of the Bible, into its right context and understanding the place of women and the opportunities that women have to be able to share. Uh, Just a quick thought uh, on Bruce and his comments from you, Helen. Yes, look, I believe God's called me to do what I do. I'm a woman. I just said, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. That was some years ago, and this is where it's led. And I believe I'm walking in obedience to God, and I believe the evidence is the fruit from that. The So many opportunities week after week after week in sharing the gospel with so many different people, like you say, whether it's the rich, whether it's the poor, whether it's the old, whether it's the young. Everyone needs to know this message of Jesus if they're going to be able to go to heaven. Thank you so much to Bruce on the Sunshine Coast. Let's take one more call. Simon in South Australia. Hello, Simon. Welcome along. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Simon, Uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm excited. Um, Like uh, back in the 70s in Adelaide, uh, did a lot of street ministry. And then we moved to Queensland and we're in Christian Outreach Centre and did Queen Street and dodged a few big hands. And uh, back in those days, we had girls that were in the team, and, and they were just awesome. They just had their way and, and just moved and did some amazing things. And uh, I'm excited, A, that street ministry is coming up uh, again as a vital uh, link to a generation that don't go to church, but also that um, she's got the confidence and uh, the calling to get out and... Uh, um, make a mark for Christ. I, I, I just think, want to encourage her, being a, as I say, a street worker, and also being a, a senior pastor for many years. And uh, you know, I've got a great wife, and she's uh, she's nearly always right, even if I don't want to admit it. So I sort of think, why would you wipe half of the Christian community out? But um, I'm a firm believer. That's and, great. Uh, yeah. Simon, uh, wonderful thoughts there. Uh, a response from Helen. Yeah, my response is really, I think I'm using my mothering out on the streets. And a word God gave me some years ago was a mother pastor. And that was before I was doing this. And now when I look at what I'm doing, I think that describes what I'm doing. It's out of my mothering that I'm pastoring, having had a big family. I'm being a mum out on the streets of Hobart, but a spiritual mum because I'm sharing about the things that are important, eternity, you know, Jesus, the gospel. 
Wonderful stuff. Thank you so much to Simon from South Australia and just reflecting on a conversation I was having just recently about spiritual parenting and you're spot on there, Helen, because we need spiritual fathers, we need spiritual mothers and that spiritual parenting is all about when someone comes to Christ uh, being able to embrace and to nurture and to uh, sow seed into the lives of those new believers to bring them to a place where they are mature. And uh, the, this idea of reproducing yourself, uh, just very quickly because we've run out of time, but, uh, but this is your goal too. You want, you want to raise up others who can share their faith effectively and, uh, and, uh, and, and make new uh, converts and then new disciples. You want people to be discipled up and this way of, uh, of, of uh, duplicating what you do. That's right. So obviously it's a biblical model, discipleship. The big key with discipleship is it is actually time-consuming because it's really doing life together. So when someone gets saved, it's actually walking beside them. So that 19-year-old I mentioned earlier who I met yesterday and he's now walking with Jesus, he got to share the gospel, but then he came back to dinner last night as well with one of the others who's got saved and we did. they had a guy's Bible study group, which my husband and older, one of my older sons ran as well. So with me personally doing what I do, I am hoping that what's in me will, you know, go on to others so that they can do what I do. And then that frees me up to do more training for others as others get the vision to go out and share the gospel. Well, Helen, you are truly one of the champions. And the fact that you're in Hobart might make people in other cities and towns around Australia a little bit jealous because you're doing a wonderful work there. Let me point people to how they can get a hold of your book. The book's called Let's Go Fearless Evangelism. And you can get a hold of it on Amazon uh, at Kurong or at lovehobart.com. So if you don't have access to any of those others, lovehobart.com. And if you go onto that website, uh, you'll be able to even make contact with Helen. And, of course, the church that Helen and her husband are leading in Hobart is called Church on the Rock uh, under Love Hobart. So lovehobart.com. Helen, thank you so much for taking some time to share your heart. It is infectious the way you share these things and uh, just honour to you and thank you so much for being part of 2020 today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blessing. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.